Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Welcome to another uh, amazing episode of the Rant and Gym Show. Yes. My name is Matt Garland, NMLS number 58700. I'm going to say it again for the compliance police. NMLS number 58700, better known as MG, the mortgage guy. All right. My name is Keanu Watson, license number 317576. I am the broker extraordinaire. Um, I'm located here in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, welcome to the Rants and Gems show. Where we're giving you all the rants and all of the gems. That is a fact. Now, today we're going to talk about a subject that I hate, and that's taxes, because I hate paying taxes. And this is why I use Superstar CPA, Miss Business. How are you, Miss Business? Hello, hello. She I'm helps great. Me, she helps me minimize my taxes. Can I get all around, guys? You know, you know. So... Ms. Business always tells me, Matt, you got to stop saying you hate to pay taxes. You got to minimize the taxes, right? Yes, we, we came up with that about two years ago. Yeah, so Ms. Business has been helping me minimize my taxes for the past couple of years. She's amazing. And, you know, real estate and taxes go hand in hand. So you can't talk about generational wealth without having a tax plan. So that's what we're going to discuss today is taxes and real estate. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> you ready? I'm ready. You guys you want, got some wine? You ready to take a sip? You know, it's, it's kind of a ritual. Wow. We, Cheers to the we got my rants and gems. Yeah, we rants got the rants and gems. <laughs> you know, that one's for Keanu. You got to take a little sip. Oh, parental discretion is advised. I got a potty mouth, especially when I'm on a red. So <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. So look, set it off, Keanu. What are we going to talk about today? So what I really want to talk about is 
Everybody always talks about, I want to make all this money. I want to make this money. I want to make this money, baby. They're making it. But when you go away from being a W-2 employee to being a 1099, there's a difference in the way that you got to have a tax strategy. Because, you know, like I said, they wasn't what you're shooting in the gym. They don't deserve all your money. Mm -hmm. So what we want to talk about today is, let's just talk about from a perspective of an investor and also from a 1099 perspective, what is the percentage? Like, at what point do you got to give these people 46% of your money? Oh, 46%. That's a lot of That's that money. That's a lot, Kiana. Yeah. <laughs> I just read it. <laughs> I read it somewhere for certain states. Look, how we well, minimize these taxes? We need that game on ranch and jeans, right. girl. So What's let's up? first start. I don't, I don't know if I like that question of when you, when you got to start paying them 46%. Because before you get there... There's some things you need to discuss first. Like, do I really have to give you that 46%, right? Okay. So that's important. So just to kind of go back to what Kiana was saying, you pay taxes based on your, um, based on your income bracket. So if you are anywhere over, let's say, $500,000, you are paying the maximum taxes um, which is about 46%, right? However, you have to keep in mind that is federal and state, right? About federal and state combined. So depending on what state you're in, that could fluctuate. Like Matt and I, we're from New York. New York kills you. Kills you have you. New York State, New York City, and then you have federal, okay. right? Like here Three taxes. In, in Georgia, you just pretty much have state and then Georgia. So yeah. it's not as bad um, as New York, but you just have to be mindful. Um, Kind of what Matt, just to kind of go back to what Matt was saying, where he's like, oh, I hate taxes, but I help him minimize on his taxes. Um, it's important to, one, understand tax planning, right? So that is the way that you can save on taxes. One thing to note, to save on taxes, you have to make money. When you make money, you sit down with your CPA and you tax plan. And pretty much what tax planning is, is you're having the conversation about taxes before the year is over. January through April, that is a great time for W-2 employees. That's when taxes have already been taken out for you throughout the whole entire year. And you're just pretty much filing and pretty much complying with your filing requirements. If you've overpaid, then you get a refund. If you are a business owner, freelancer, real estate Broker, we quiet. You should, yes. During that time, that's pretty much your time to pay taxes. No, it's not time to cry. No, you're crying yeah. too. It's not time to you're cry. crying on a W two also if you get into a bag because you can't control what you're doing. They're just taking your money. All right, but that's a, a that that's very true. You're crying every time you see your paycheck. You're like, oh I my cry God. every two They're weeks. Yes, they, you do. I really do. You do cry every two weeks. I hate this shit. All right, but then you started a business, right? Several. And now you did. Look, you wrote off this trip? Look, man, we minimize See, trying to off all this shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. right off. Let's go. The carpet hair, the Yeezys, everything. This is wardrobe, baby. So, first, let me finish tax plan, and then we're going to talk about just being a business owner, right? And things that you have to do if you want to save on taxes. Right. So, with tax planning, if you are a business owner, as I mentioned, freelancer, contractor, you have to have the conversation about taxes before the year is over. So because the reason is, in order for you to make any changes for the year, you have to do it within that year. January through April, the year has passed, right? So pretty much you file taxes on a retrospective 
basis, meaning that the year has passed and now January through April, now you're focusing on the taxes from prior year. So in order to get ahead of that, you have to sit down and have that conversation. And so that's important. And during that conversation, that's when we're like, I'm like, um, yes, yeah, so you have this much of a tax liability. If you want to minimize this, your options are investing in real estate, buying some sort of asset, purchasing a vehicle in your business name, hiring your children, like things like that we are able to implement, but I can't do that if we don't have the conversation before the year is over. That's a fact. Right? So look, let's 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 rewind and let's okay. go to the basics, right? Okay. Because rants and gyms is all about Real estate investing, mm -hmm. news, strategy, and education. Shout out to author. Right? Shout out to EYL author. author. Shout out to my guy <laughs> who came up with that, right? So, real estate taxes 101 for a regular home buyer, primary residence. What are the benefits they can expect when they buy real estate as a primary residence? As a primary residence? Yes. Okay. So, you have two main things that you can write off, which are your real estate taxes and your mortgage interest. Okay. Right, when it's your primary residence. Um, another great thing when it's your primary residence, when it's time for you to sell, you have a capital gain exclusion. So that capital gain exclusion, if you're single, head of household, you can exclude up to 250000 of that capital gain, meaning you can sell your property, get up to 250000 of a capital gain, and you do not have to worry about paying any taxes at all. If you're married, that capital gain exclusion goes up to 500000 So oh, those that's are, good. so I said two, but it's really three. And they say your primary resident ain't an asset, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's what they say. They say huh. it's not an asset. But yeah, if you if you buy right, which you always need to do, which I'm sure you guys oh, yes, there people about. We've already talked about that. Yes, always need to buy right and make sure that your your property is gaining that equity. If you go to sell it, you know, if you do have to hold on to it for two years, and if you hold on to it for two years, then you are able to, you know, take that capital gains and don't, you don't have to pay taxes so, on it at so all. So you got to hold the property for two years. Yes. Single, mm -hmm. if you sell it, you make a quarter million of profit. You have tax-free money. Yes. And any monies above that, you have to pay taxes on that. Uh, so $250,001, you're paying taxes on $1. $1, yes. All right? And if you're married, 500000 tax-free. Yes. 500000 in $1, you pay taxes tax on Yes. I have some people that get married as a tax strategy. Wow. <laughs> That is a gym right That's there. That's a real gym. <laughs> if anybody gets in a bag, get a wife or Don't get married. <laughs> Go marry somebody. This. Capital gains. Yes. We, we're very familiar with what that is, but everybody doesn't understand what capital gains is. What is capital gains and how does that affect the person that is selling their home? Like, what, is, what does it mean to them? What is the percentage? What does that look like? Okay, so capital gains, um, and we're strictly talking about from a house perspective. From right? a house perspective, so, strictly. So... Capital, so a capital asset, right? It's any sort of asset that you acquire. So in this instance, we're referring to a home. So because a home is considered an asset and it's considered a capital asset, what happens when you sell that asset and you, let's say if you purchased it for 100,000 and you sell it for 150,000, your capital gain on that asset is going to be 50,000. Now, if it's your primary residence, then you will, you know, as I mentioned before, you won't have to pay any taxes on it. If it's an investment property, right, if it is an investment property, you do have to pay taxes on it. Now, if just all things, can, all things just saying excluded, and you just had that $50,000 of capital gain income, depending if you're, if you're married, you won't have any capital gains at all. If you're single, you're looking at about 
Okay. okay. Right. So, right. and it depends. And keep in mind, tax brackets and rates are all dependent upon your filing status. Um, married filing joint is always going to be more favorable. Um, single, you're going to be taxed the hardest. Right. So. Okay. So now let's stick with the primary residence. Mm -hmm. You said you had three tax benefits, mm -hmm. capital gains when you sell, mortgage interest deduction, and property taxes, which is part of the SALT. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. It's still capped at 10000 It is still capped at 10000 Biden is talking about removing it, but who knows? <laughs> yes, that would be good. My property taxes are ridiculous. Everybody. Listen. Shit. I li not That's in Atlanta. the one thing you can't control. Shit. I, you can't my, control. You can't control the property taxes. You can control so many girl, other pieces. My taxes of damn near thirty thousand. I need the salt day. to be over ten thousand. Have a good day. Yeah. I need to write all that off. <laughs> I told y'all to like, <laughs> enjoy I, enjoy that life. That's no. that New York shit. Like it's New but, York, but whatever. You know, having those having those taxes, you can't avoid them, but they how are we, good. But how do we now? All right, your primary residence, and now with a multi. Right mm -hmm. now, you're filing a Schedule E because you have that rental income. What else can we deduct as a primary residence? But I own a multifamily now because now the IRS is looking at you as an investor too. At the same time, although it's your Absolutely. primary residence, right? Mm -hmm. So, as a multifamily homeowner, primary residence, what extra tax benefits do you get by filing now the Schedule E? Yes. So, um, for those of you who kind of missed that, pretty much. I'm just going to break it down a little break bit. Break it down. Go Thank you. That's, that's yours. That's what you're doing. So when you are a real estate investor, you have any sort of investment property uh, to file your taxes, if it's in your name um, for your primary, for that uh, investment piece of your property, is filed on, a, on tax form Schedule E. That Schedule E is a part of your personal taxes. On that Schedule E, it's pretty much like you're operating a business. You are, you know, you, you are in business. So all of the income that you are receiving for rent has to be included. All of the expenses, so the utilities, the closing costs, mm. the, uh, the, the real estate broker, okay. <laughs> the, the, uh, the taxes, the insurance, uh, you can actually- The points also, you've been charged. Yes, the points right. you've been charged. So pretty much anything that you've put into this property to operate it, you are allowed to write off. Okay, so that's major because a lot of people, when I first work with them, they're like, oh, my God, I had this property for all this time and I didn't know I could write those things off. I'm like, mm. yeah, absolutely. So they were that's losing important. money. Absolutely. So you're helping money. them save money. But let me ask, what if they're just house hacking? Like, what if they don't have multifamily? Because you guys know I'll, every state doesn't have a lot of multifamily. Mm -hmm. So what if they get a home and they're renting out the basement? Can they still use that same strategy? If the basement is legal. Yes. Okay. So, okay. That's good because in New if York. the basement is legal. In New York, yes. none of the basements are legal. Yes. And they, they rented out everything in New York. Yeah. So people call me all the time. They're like, I have a basement. And I'm like, well, are you supposed to have that basement? You probably shouldn't be. But if they have, like in New York, we call them mother daughters, right? So if you yeah. have a single family with an accessory unit or ADU, right? Mm -hmm. Now that's legal. Yes. So if you have an accessory unit, you can file a Schedule E and claim that rental. Absolutely. Income, right? So you can house hack a one family, kind of essentially turn a one family into a multifamily. Yeah. Absolutely. You can. I mean, yeah, and get the tax benefits. It. Yeah, and it's a tax benefit to it. All they, and they can write off everything they use to buy the house plus the, and get in the rents. Yeah. I love that. I love it. That's good to know. So let's talk about one of my favorite words in the dictionary, depreciation. 
Let's Please talk break about down it. Depreciation. I love depreciation. I love depreciation yes, too. Yes, Lord. It's like, it's like, it's like you're like a magician. You are a magician. <laughs> FYI. But she's just making things happen for you. Yes. Happen for you based on depreciation. Please explain to the people what is depreciation and how does depreciation work? Okay, so depreciation is pretty much you are writing off the writing off your asset over its useful life. So every asset has a different useful life. So we are on rants and gyms and we're talking about homes and real estate. Mm -hmm. So a real estate property can be depreciated over 27 and a half years. So what that means is whatever you purchase your property at, you divide that by 27 and a half years. And that is an additional expense that you are able to write off on your taxes every single year. Okay, so it's pretty much kind of like an expense that you don't have it helps you out a lot can That's you do that good. for single families or only multifamilies? you can do it for single family if it's an investment property if only an okay, investment only, property. Yes, only an investment property you are not allowed to depreciate your primary residence even if it's a multifamily primary if it's a multifamily primary you can a portion of it so let's say if it's a two-family uh -huh. you can depreciate half of it okay oh, yes yeah. okay mm -hmm. and if it's a four-family then, a fourth then of it so. yeah it's a fourth of it I love that. Did y'all get that? Did y'all get that? It's amazing. It's amazing. Even, you know, if you, you purchase any sort of equipment, you know, because, yes, you have your home, but sometimes you may need generators. You may need some sort of equipment. All those things that you're putting into your, your property, even, you know, uh, solar, what about solar, solar, solar panels? panels okay. So shit. solar panels, they aren't depreciated, but they, you do get a tax credit for them. Okay. Yes. And energy efficiency. Yeah. Tax credits for mm -hmm. as well. Now, and with energy efficiency, you efficiency products like fridges, yes. windows, all that stuff, all that good stuff, yes. right? So Solar you, panels, all that stuff is. Any tax upgrades you do to yes. a, a, an investment property, you can actually use that to write off. Yes. Right. Refrigerators, stoves, floors, contractors. Make sure you are issuing 1099s to contractors. Let's How would they do that? Hold on. Let's talk about that. Okay. Let's talk about the 1099 to contractors because you know. Some of, us, <laughs> some of us find our contractors online. Some of us, I find our contractors walking down the street. Yeah. So <laughs> it can happen. Yes. So how is it that they can be protected for the work that they put in and issue 1099s to people so that way they can get those type of write-offs? On day one, before they start working. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. You have to make them complete a W-9. It has to be before they start working because if they get their money, there's no way you're calling them in January of the following year to say, hey, I need a W-9 so I can tell the IRS I gave you that $40,000. They're going to go ghost on you. I have 90% of my clients, their contractors go ghost. They're like, no, you're not, you know, you're not going to do that. And so, you know, you as a business owner, again, this is, you're stepping into a space where you have to make sure that your processes are in order so that you can take the deductions that you need to take and that you are doing what you need to do to help minimize your tax liability and to protect yourself, right? So that's super important. Make sure you issue, I mean, you make them sign that W-9 and, and you, you send those, issue. you can issue those 1099s. Where, where can they get a That's what I was going to say. What software do you recommend? Because it's, you know, we have all these 
businesses, all these pieces of software coming at us at a hundred ways. Now, some of us really are running businesses. Some of us like, listen, I flipped a house. I don't need all that major software. What would you recommend the easiest way for a person that is just like, look, I just need to get some 1099 employees real quick. Other than that, I don't need it. Okay. So in terms of the W-9, you can get that from the IRS website. You literally can just Google online and say W-9-4, um, and you can download the form, print it out, and then uh, issue it to the contractor. Make sure that you hold on to it. In terms of actually processing the 1099s, I can do that for you. Okay. Well, there cool. we are. There you go. There you have <laughs> right? it. It's very, it's like a very inexpensive service, but so necessary, right? So necessary. Yes. So just make sure that you guys are issuing those 1099s. I have people, they're like, man, I paid $75,000 to this contractor. And it's like, man, well, you can't write that off because you you didn't issue that 1099. So even if they did the W-9, right? Mm -hmm. What if they just paid cash? You still can yes. document it and mm -hmm. write it off. Absolutely. Right? Document it. Okay. Yes, you just have to document it. So make sure you're getting invoices. Make sure that, you know, I, if you want to use cash, use, use cash, but... Document trail when it comes to the IRS is the best, right? So if you have, you know, a business bank account, which you should have if you are operating it out of a business or if it's out of your primary, just make sure that the money is coming out. If you have to use cash, just make sure you're, that you're getting, uh, you know, an invoice and then also a paid receipt. Right? What so you said there just stood out to me because, you know, that that just led us right into our next question. Let's go. So let's talk about it. Everybody wants to buy an investment property in the name of their business in the LLC. Yes. Now, because <laughs> you know, I just like to be honest. But then we also want to do certain type of financing that may not support that. So what is the best way that a person can purchase their investment property in the name of their business? And tell us what the benefits are. Okay. So you're going to kind of help me out with this one too, I right? Help on you with the, the lending side? With the lending side. Okay. Because he knows. <laughs> but let's talk about the other side. Okay. Formation. Formation. Business, business okay. formation for real First estate. Thing, What's the best way? LLC or S Corp? It depends on the strategy and what and how you're investing. Mm -hmm. If you are flipping an S Corp, if you are holding an LLC. Why if, S Corp for flipping? Yeah, why? So S Corp for flipping because it's more transactional. So um, with if you're holding your property, you're able to use our favorite thing, depreciation. Yes. If you're flipping, you don't have depreciation. You literally are. It's more transactional. It's a job. It's like, yeah, it's like selling a T-shirt. Yeah. You're bringing the money in, you know, you're flipping it, and you're getting the money out, right? And then you have that capital gains, hopefully. Right, because some people have capital losses that a lot of people don't talk about. No, no, <laughs> you're gonna have to talk about that. Yeah, we're gonna have to talk about that. Yes, because um, not everybody is gaining, you yeah. know, in real flips estate. Flop. Yeah, flips flop. They take too long. Contractors disappear. They don't do the work they say they're gonna do. Mm -hmm. I hear everything. <laughs> I, get, I get all the stories. Right, so. Um, so yeah, LLC. Another thing that I have a lot of people call me about is um, kind of creating an umbrella structure. Talk Everybody about that. Everybody wants an that. umbrella structure. What is an umbrella structure? I want an umbrella this? structure. You have enough businesses <laughs> to have an umbrella structure. So let's talk about it because we want to make sure people understand, is it a big benefit? I think some of us just say, I want to get a business in my business name. Just be, like, I'm going to buy this house and flip it in my business name because it sounds bossy. Mm -hmm. But do you necessarily need to do that? Like, no. does it make sense if you're just flipping a house or two or three a year? Like maybe if you flip in four or five houses a month, might be a different story for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I'm flipping two houses in a year. Do I necessarily need to do that? And is there any benefit to it at all? So it really depends on the amount. 
So it's Got not it. really the volume. Um, it really depends on the amount. I would say if you're flipping, you need to put it inside of a business. And the reason, yeah, I would say an S-corp. And the reason why I would say put it inside of a business is one, because I mentioned it's more transactional. So you want to make sure that you are kind of positioning yourself to save on taxes um, in any way that you can. I do believe that if someone has, if they can purchase a home in a business, I think that they should. All right. And I'm going to say that it does not breed a tax benefit. LLC is not a tax benefit. Can we structure. toast to that? Because I've been saying that. I swear. I, I tell people this all the time. I say it yes. all the time, but, you yes. know, we just want to sound bossy. Yes. Just get it, for what? LLC does not breed an additional, any additional tax write-offs. Why? It's not a tax structure. Okay. It's not a tax structure. So, um, but it's not a tax entity. If Corporations breeds tax benefits. S-Corps breeds tax benefits. However, if they want to do an LLC, it's good to at least have a business. And the reason why I say have a business is because, one, right, let's just kind of use 2020 as an example. I had a lot of people that want loans and they want certain things. And I do feel that when you have... What are these certain things certain you're referencing? Things. Right? See, because you kind of said that with a, with, with a look. Like, what look at me. I'm looking like this. I want those certain things. So I know what you're saying. So, so okay. but tell us what those okay. certain things are. Because right. they don't know. Okay. They don't know. Let me not be vague. Yeah. Tell, tell us the shit, yo. We need to know the information, they, Ms. They business. want certain tax write-offs. They and, and what I mean by that is... I believe that when you're operating as a business, it starts to force you to operate how you're supposed to. Agreed. And I think that you start focusing on, you know, things. You, you have very clear understanding of, okay, if I have an investment property and this is my income, it's coming into my business account. These are my expenses. This is what's actually going on. But when you start mixing your business and your personal and it just becomes all one big thing, people don't understand or know if they're coming or going. True. A lot of times. So it doesn't breed a tax benefit. No, it doesn't. You can do buy investment property under your name or under an LLC that you own. You're going to get the same exact write-offs. However, how you... <laughs> that must be the thing. <laughs> I just see the point that she tries to drive home. Well, because, you know, I got people that just create LLCs because they're like, I just want to do this. But it's like you're flipping one or two yeah. houses in a year. It's not necessary. I get why, but... It, it, it does. I just like to do things that are necessary. Y'all know I like. To, I'm the meat and potatoes person, so I'm mm -hmm. sorry. If it's Listen, not necessary, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I understand. I have some people that will contact me during tax time, and this what this is where they stop doing that. When I'm like, okay, well, for this business, it costs you this, and for that, yeah, yeah. But I didn't do anything in that business but this. Yeah, but you want me to include it on your taxes? Oh, okay, that's going to cost you an additional. And so people have to understand that these businesses come with administrative responsibilities. And it comes with expenses. So Very I have some expensive. clients that own 10 LLCs, but they're like, yeah, I was watching EYL. And <laughs> Shout out to EYL. Shout out to EYL. We're teaching the people too much over here. They're like, oh my God. Like, we're going to start a vending machine. Then we're going to do real estate in this one. Then, then we're going to do... Um, 
it just it's so why not crazy, though fuck right? it because yeah you guys put it all out and then i get the clients after the fact and they're like yeah i have like i'm starting a vending machine i'm doing real estate i'm gonna start a fitness company i'm gonna start a clothing company then i want my kids to start you know a dance company and i'm like but hold on what, 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 which one are you gonna do first <laughs> which one are you gonna do first Right. So I do think that it is important for people to understand that these businesses come with administrative responsibilities and you do need to understand if they are necessary. And another point is like kind of protecting yourself against liability. Right. When you are in real estate, it's super risky. So if you are flipping, you know, you have contracted, you have people in and out of your property all the time. So that is a reason to, you know, also to get that LLC to kind of separate it out. Like, yeah. you know, so you're pers- you're not personally liable, but from a tax perspective. No, it doesn't do anything. So from a lending perspective, please, guys, stop hitting me up talking about FHA and LLCs. Please. They don't mix. It don't mix. I was going to say a biggie line, but, you know, that's probably not appropriate. It's not appropriate. (laughs) For rents and gyms. But but it doesn't matter. You cannot put a, a, a FHA loan, a conventional loan, any loan that you're doing as a primary residence cannot be in your LLC. No. Why? Because the government says that LLC is a business and you're buying a house as a primary residence and your primary residence is not a business. So the two That's don't mix. I tell everybody when they call me. They I'm don't like, mix. Why should I tell them? And I'm on the phone like, all right, yeah, no. Channel your, channel your inner MG. I do that all yes. the time. Yes. I do it all because the time. it's like, please stop it. It's not going to happen. And don't close on a primary residence and then transfer it to your LLC because you're going to trigger. We'll talk about that. You're going to trigger what's called the due on sales clause. The due on sales clause is in that stack of paperwork that you probably didn't even read. Just right? sign. You're just signing your life away and you're happy. You're doing your boomerang at the closing. Oh, and I gave you some champagne. Kiana came, <laughs> Kiana came with her reels and some champagne, Versace robes, all types of shit. But you so distracted. You got to read it with and then three days later, his business opened up a, uh, a LLC. I'm going to transfer the mansion into this. And we're going to Airbnb and out. But you just committed mortgage fraud, number one. Right? Number one. And number two, you're going to trigger the due on sales clause where the lender can say you transfer ownership without my permission in writing. Now your loan is due. Now it's a balloon. Pay me my half a million dollars in 30 days or I'm going to foreclose on you. Question, because yes. I get this question all the time. Did y'all hear that? I want to make sure that you understand that. Let's make sure that we understand that when you sign this paperwork, mortgage fraud is real. People go to jail every single day. So you have to be careful, even being careful, you know, since he mentioned it, this whole, I'm just going to buy a house as an FHA loan, put 3.5% down. I'm not going to really live there, but I'm not going to tell anybody. That's mortgage fraud. That is a fact. We do not support that. I do. Look, let's be clear about this <laughs> shit right now. All right? We do not this support that. This is Matthew Garland speaking. NMLS number 58700, <laughs> right? The guidelines state you got to live in that property for one year and you need to move in within 60 days after closing. And if you do any of the above, I don't know nothing. Don't tell me. Don't tell Kiana. Don't tell me. Because I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it because I tell you last on this show. I tell you on every video that the FHA police, the conventional police, the compliance police are They are there. real. They are real. Why do you think I say my license number every time I do a video? 317576. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to put it out there. Yes. I so okay. many times. I have a question because I get this question all the time. Okay. After, how long after they have closed on the FHA can they transfer the property into an LLC? Never. Never. Never? Never. It's an FHA it's loan. An FHA can they contact the, the, the no, lender and you ask You can do what, them. close mouth don't get fed, but you're going to get declined and they're going to tell you kick rocks and then 
Oh, because I get that question all the time. I'm like, you need to contact the lender. But again, like you said, what is the real benefit of you doing that? You're only hurting yourself. You probably got a a below market interest rate right now because the interest rate market over the last two years have been phenomenal. You're in your 2% range. You're you're risking your 2.5% to get a balloon payment just for to put it in a business name for what? That gives you no tax benefits per our conversation here today. Now, from a protection standpoint, yes, it helps you. But if you're not renting in, it ain't a 10 family. You know what I'm saying? You don't have 10 tenants in one building. Right. So you don't really need how much, you don't really need that protection in my opinion. So I try to tell my everyday home buyers, stop listening to these YouTube videos that tell you this foolishness. Stop listening to your neighbor yeah. who said they did it because the streets are always watching. And there's they no, gonna go to whole jail. And, and this is no stack, <laughs> they will go to a whole jail and there's yes. no statute of limitation on this stuff. So let's be clear about it. Let's just say one thing. If you're buying an investment property for investment purposes, what is the minimum down payment, MG? Uh, for a single family, 15%. For two to four family, 25% if you're going conventional. Now, there are alternative ways around the down payment. So I think we spoke about this on one of our episodes. If yeah. you go hard money. Right. If you understand hard money and know how to move and shake, if you have experience, you can get 10 percent down on the multifamily with a hard money loan. But you got I, look, that's for live men, not for freshmen. Right? Agreed. That's not for freshmen. Don't even play yourself trying to go that route because you not you don't have that experience. Mm-hmm. But if you have the experience, you can do 10 percent on a hard money loan on a on a on a multifamily property. And it's an investment and it's in your LLC. Your LLC is borrowing the money. But that's, those are the ways that you can do it. But once you get the, if you don't have the experience, probably 20%, depending on the hard money. Right. And most of them say that. Most of yeah. them are needing 20% down. And um, You need the money. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you guys. Let me just say that. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of everybody that, especially a lot of people I speak to, they bought their first house and they, they learned so much. And I'm like, Sean, I want to get an income producing property. I'm happy for you. But I can't help you get that income producing property with 3.5% down, okay? That is a second property. Only if it's your primary residence. They're not moving out of their primary residence. Okay. <laughs> You're living in your primary residence. You love where I put you. Now you want to get that second house with that same 5%, 3.5%, 3% down. It can't happen. And I want to set the record straight because a lot of us, you know, inadvertently, you can't tell these people I didn't know. They expect you to know. Yeah, ignorant, So if you don't ignorant. know. You don't know. Court of law. You, you, you're just going to go to jail. So I'm telling you, it's 10%. It's not going to be 5% down. And it's okay. Put the money into the property because mentally, when you start looking at investments, understand that I'm not giving my money away. I'm investing my money. Yes. So I put 20% down, but it's an investment. Yes. Because my agent did what? Like we talked about in the other episode, they ran the numbers. numbers. Yep. All right. Yeah, numbers that, are important. Numbers don't are important. ignore them. So I love numbers. I love numbers, too. And that was a, a great segue since we're talking about investment. Right. We got Joe Biden and the crew. Oh, can we say? OK, I, I, I need more. I think I need more than this damn drink for this conversation right now. I, I, Joe said Joe, Joe Biden and the crew. Oh, my God. President Joe Biden. Let me be respectful. Yeah. President Joe Biden. President Joe Biden and the crew. But and, you know, he's they, our president. They got a lot going on. It's a lot happening. They, they, they got plans out the wazoo. Right. I don't like them. Okay, let's let's get okay, into let's this. Talk right? about these let's, plans let's... and how they're going to affect home ownership, how they're going to affect investors. Like, let's talk about it so we can be informed and 
Tell us where to go vote against it, too. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about well, Joe. I need somebody political to tell me how to vote against it. I don't know that. But, yo, let's talk about Joe Biden's tax proposal for capital gains. Okay. What is he doing? What he, the hell is going on? Because we've spoken about capital gains up. earlier, right? Mm-hmm. What is he trying to do to, to, to the capital gains tax? All right. There's a few things. And talk to us, Ms. Business. We need to hit it. Because us. I feel like... When you raise taxes, you strip us from our wealth. That's what you're doing, right? You're taking our money. Okay, capital gains. So basically, the highest capital gains right now is about 23%. He's trying to raise that to like 46%. Jeez. I told y'all I read it. <laughs> so he's trying to raise us to four, like basically doubling up. He's basically doubling up, yeah. For who? Who? Who, who's going to have to pay this capital gains tax? What's the what's well, the breakdown of this? Well, let's, again, right, capital gains. And when we're talking about this, we're talking about real estate. We're talking about stocks. We're talking about, you know, all these things that we all learn on EYL, right? These vast majority of industries. Shout out to EYL. <laughs> it is so important to understand that once you start making more money, which we all want to do, that's why we're all here. That's why we're tuning into all this stuff. When you start making money, right now they're saying, okay, this is only, if it's above $400,000, those are the people that it's going to affect. However, we're going to talk about capital gains from two perspectives. We'll, we'll talk about it. Um, and this is how, it's all a trick in my mind. Because okay. if you start saying that you're only going to affect the top percent, what, what do you think the top percent of people are going to do? You think they're going to take that loss? You think they're going to start raising rents? Or they're going to start, you know, they're going to start recouping they, in different they're gonna, they're gonna ways. Push the, they're going to push it somewhere else. He wants to raise capital gains on people that are making the income of $400,000 $400, or more. more. And the last uh, time I read to be part of 1% of the world, the 1% earners, those people are making half a million dollars or more per year. Yes. All right. I want to clarify that. Yes. So pretty much $400,000 or more in capital gains. And keep in mind, income tax and capital gains are two different things. Right. So you did a flip. You held the house. You know, you have this income now. You sold it. You flipped it for four hundred thousand dollars. Well, let's say five hundred thousand dollars. It's an investment property. You're looking at forty six percent now. Right. Wow. Half so of it will go for that. tax. <laughs> <laughs> Do your math. Bro. Do your math. About half of that is going to go to taxes. Right. And so that's crazy. That and sucks. Wait a minute. So I made a half million dollars. About two hundred. I mean, so so I mean, five hundred thousand, and and the Biden administration and them, and the president, <laughs> oh, Biden, the president, they were like two hundred and forty thousand dollars of the money that I worked for. Yeah, because I made a a lick. Yeah. Because you came off. Because I did my research and did my due diligence, and I brought right. So what can we do? What can we do? Well, first of all, this when is this is not official yet. This is not official, so I can't necessarily tell you what you can do. Because I don't know what else is coming out with this, right? Okay. But there's some other things that um, they're also talking about kind of changing as it comes to capital gains. Uh -huh. So another great thing about capital gains is that when you die, if you have any stocks, any assets, anything like that, you're able to give it to your children tax-free. It, it can just, it, you can your children can inherit it. Biden's like, mm -mm, no, we taxing that at death. What? What? The yeah. same amount? Same amount, yeah. 46%. Wait, hold on, hold on. It's no, it's no like death 
capital gains rate. Hold on, hold on. This is capital gains rate. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold the hold the fucking phone. Now it's being taxed. Hold on. You you said it too quick. You you're trying to say we busting our butts right now. Mm-hmm. We grinding. We building generational wealth. We listening to EYL. We getting all these gems. We first of all, you're listening to the rants and gems. Yes, that's you're a fact. You listen to the rants and gems. You're you a part of the EYL network, right? Yes, right. And you're buying this real estate. You're flipping your properties, and you inherit. You you passing it down to your people, your children. Usually, if you pass away, and now it can they don't just get, get passed. But right now, how's it stand? They don't get taxed. They don't have to pay they no tax on it. But if this passes, now they're going to get taxed. Yes. That's oh, bullshit. No. Yes. And there's one thing. You ready to move into 1031? Oh, wait a minute. Okay, well, oh, hold on, hold on. You, 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 you're giving oh, me anxiety right now. I need a fantasy. Oh, oh, like, come on. <laughs> like, chill. So, so out of, outside of the capital gains, like, it's a proposal in it place. It is a proposal in place. Of course, Congress has to approve it. There's a, there's, I hope that all of this isn't passed because there's way too many tax increases especially as it relates to real estate. Like, I feel like real estate from the beginning of time have just been one of those investment vehicles where, you know, it's, you know, it's very easy for you to create that wealth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're able to defer your taxes. There's so many incentives. And yeah, he's, it just seems like they're trying to get rid of all of it, which I think in turn is going to really, really hurt the real estate market because now there's no incentive for me to like hold on to this property until it gets to a certain amount like now you know it's just like it's just it's just a lie just to me it's like there's rents that's going to be raised of course you know before there was like an incentive I don't know. You, can I go into 1031 exchange, go, please? Go ahead. I want to make sure that you just don't step into 1031 exchange. Okay. Everybody doesn't understand what 1031 exchange okay. yeah. is. Let's break okay. this down. So we got to break it down to the beginning. What it is, okay. how it affects you, and what the current law is and what the proposed law is. Yeah. Okay. Break that okay. The floor is yours. The floor is mine. It's okay. This I've is been, your floor. I've been waiting for this We're one because... We're just going to drink our water and water. I'm going to take my wine when you do all of this. Okay, now you need, need a sip before Let that. me switch. Okay. Audience, y'all need to take a sip too. What she gets going yeah, audience, right. you guys This is what we do on the Rants and Gems. We do what the fuck we want. Let's do what you want. Let's go. Let's go. Take your sip. Get ready for the 1031 exchange rules. 1031 exchange is an amazing tax law, which is tax code law 1031. In the 1031 exchange, what it allows you to do is write, I'm not right off, it allows you to defer taxes relating to um, assets, right? So real estate, paintings, not stocks, right? So if you have real estate and you want to uh, defer your taxes, you just have to find a like-kind property within a specific amount of time, which we'll, I'll get into, but I just want to kind of get out what 1031 exchanges, and then we'll talk about the process. So you do have to invest in a like-kind property within a certain amount of time, and you can defer your taxes. So what that means is if you purchase a property for uh, $500,000, you sell the property for a million dollars, and this is your investment property, you can take, you know, the million dollars less like your closing costs and all of those things, and you can invest it in a property of equal or greater value, basically greater value. It can't be like one million or one million. But it has to be a greater value. One million and one dollars is okay. Right? So that's what's important. It's amazing. It's genius. And it helps so many real estate investors invest. And I'm sure you get a lot of clients because they're like, 
I have this property. I need to sell it in a certain amount of time. Yeah. And it, it's a know, time period. It's a time period. It's time sensitive. And you got to hurry up and spend the money. Like, they got to hurry up and buy something else. What's like, the time frame? Time frame. So you have 45 days to identify a property and 180 days to close on a property. Okay, so it's not as simple as, okay, I got, I have this money, it goes to my account. Another thing to note, you do have to get um, an intermediary. Mm -hmm. um, and that intermediary has to hold your money. So the money cannot go into your bank account. I get so many clients that'll call me and say, oh, I just want to kind of pay a little bit of debt off. And then I want to do 1031 exchange. You cannot do that. You have to, all the money that comes from that sale you have to give it to an intermediary. They hold the funds. And then when it's time for you to purchase the property, your next property that you are going to 1031, then they go ahead and they pay for the property using those funds from your previous uh, property. Now, let me ask a question. Yes. Because every person is aware of 1031 exchange. So who would a, the average person, I'm like, I need to learn more about this. Do they consult with their agent? Do they consult with their CPA? Do they consult with their attorney? Who would be the person that's going to really best put them in the right direction? All of my clients, it's a collective effort. Okay. Um, they need their broker. Yes. Because their broker has, and you have to get a broker that understands that this is very time sensitive. Because mm -hmm. I had a client really uh, have to pay the capital gains because they were working with a, a broker that just was dragging their feet on it because they didn't understand 1031. So regardless of what you're doing, make sure that you're consulting with people and working with people that understand exactly what you're doing at that point. Uh, so the, uh, your, your broker is very important and your CPA is very important. I need to understand what you're doing. Um, I honestly, in terms of the transaction, I don't necessarily come in but a lot of my clients, we do need to speak about it because I need to make sure that they understand exactly what it means from a tax perspective. And having that person that, you know, you can reach out to is very important because, you know, not everything is one for one. You may have a little bit of, you know, additional income where um, additional gains that that may then become taxable. So you may need to find a property of greater value. Yeah. So you have to allow me to run those numbers to let you know, you know, what that what that even means. How do we find the company that we have to put the funds exactly. in? Exactly. Who's the intermediary? Who's the intermediary? How do we find them? I don't know. You should tell them. I mean, you want me to tell them? I mean, Google's your best friend. Well, I, yeah, know? I don't know. So I know most of the time it's escrow companies. Mm -hmm. So there are escrow companies um, that most clients will work with so that they can um, hold their funds. So okay. we're talking more or less closing attorneys. In our state, we have yeah. closing attorneys. In other states, you guys have just, you just only work with title. Um, title company. So yeah. I think what you want to do is consult with your agent and also consult with your title company and or yeah. closing attorney, depending on your state, to find out how they can assist you in holding these funds in escrow until you can find out where you can take this money from here to here. Not a little bit here and there. It goes straight to them into a property, not from them. And you take 5000 because you want to go pay off some credit card debt. No. The entire amount, if you made $100,000, $100,000 from that purchase, from that sale, goes directly into another yeah, purchase. You don't touch the money. You can't touch the money. Well, so that's why it's important for team saying. building. Right? That's what I was going to say. Do you guys right see team. how that just came together? Yeah, having the right yeah. team. Yeah, Kiana just, so the answer to your question is you. You are the person. <laughs> you are the person that they look, need to contact. When my people come with me, 1030 way exchanges, I say, look, you need to have a lawyer who's like, they do this for a living. 
Yes. Right. They're not just sitting here. This is their first time doing a 1031 because you don't want nothing to get messed up. You don't want to pay your cap gains. You need a realtor who knows what they're doing because from a lending perspective, we don't care. We just need to see the escrow letters, the documentation, the paper trail, seeing the money I just come. need the tax form at the end of the year. For me, I just need to see the paper trail. You sold this property. Here's the settlement statement. It went into this escrow account. This is the name of the company. We have proof that they have the money. We can source it that way. We're good. But you need CPA, lawyer. They need in a title company. It's the team. It's all the team. They need to know what's going when you're, on. When you guys are investing in property, it's, I'm so shocked to see people like you're investing and you don't even have a CPA. Like, you can't use these online apps once yeah. you get to a certain point. When you turn into certain things, you can need to tell them that one more time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, you know. I mean that with my, and I'm saying that from experience. I'm not judging you because I've been there. I was like, please, I'm not paying them that. I can do this myself. Look at this app. Yeah. And so I had to pay all that money because you, what you did is you start business and you start, especially if you're a first time business owner. Like I come from W2. I was property manager. I was like, oh. You know, make a little bit of money. My goal is to sell 12 houses a year. That's one house a month. So I was like, that's fine. Then when I, you know, quadrupled that, I was like, I wasn't ready for, I wasn't ready. I just yeah. wasn't ready. And what I recognize now, you need a bookkeeper, you need a CPA, you need an attorney. If you're going to be doing real estate on any level, you want to flip. I don't care if it's one house. If you want to flip one house, you're going to make an extra 50000 You're going to make your salary in one house. You need to have a team because without it, you're going to find yourself in a lot of tax troubles and the IRS doesn't care that you did not know. They expect you to know. That's why you have these professionals. Absolutely. That's a fact. That is a so, fact. So look, we got now we talked. No, we talked about 1031 exchange and the good stuff that's going on now. Oh, oh, but we yeah, didn't oh, get a chance yeah, yeah, to tell yeah. them what's coming oh, up. Yeah, I was about to go to something else. No, we it, not. It was just I, I, so I, good. Yeah. I was like, I forgot about the, the negative. 46% has been oh, on Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please talk to us. So what is Joe Biden? Well, President Joe Biden and them. And trying then, to do with 1031 exchange. Okay. Because we love everything you just said. 1031 is amazing. They're trying to, okay, so what they're trying to do is impose capital gains um, on any sale of $500,000 or more. So you cannot just take your, typically now, if you are um, going to do a 1031 exchange, and, you know, no matter the amount, it doesn't matter if you're it could be $20 it million, be $20 million. Dollars. as long as you find a property of greater value, you can then uh, you don't have, you can defer your taxes. Now, what they're saying is if it's less than five hundred thousand, then you can still do typical 1031 exchange. But if it's more than five hundred thousand, you can no longer do a 1031 exchange. Damn. OK. Yeah. So, so what, what can they do? They're going to have to pay the capital gains the tax gains. back to this. 46%. That Damn. So wait a minute. Are you going to pay? And I know this is not official yet. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if so you can answer this. The proposed this. bill states. The proposed bill states basically, if you up to half a million dollars can go into the exchange yes. tax free. Deferred taxes. Deferred tax taxes. Yes. Excuse me. Let me You know I'm proper. very particular on yeah. my words. Yes. I like the word. But, I know, you, you know, like tax-free. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you defer your taxes up to half a million dollars. Yes. But a half a million dollars and one dollar, you need to pay your 46%. On, on the one dollar? On that one dollar. Or the, or the 501? The one dollar. The okay. one dollar. Okay, cool. That sucks. So man. you can keep the half million, but then anything above that, they want 46% of your, your profits. 
I don't like this. Well, anything of well, anything above. So in that case, it would be like the one dollar, right? So you. But get what to if it was eight hundred thousand? They want forty six percent of three hundred thousand. Well, no, because your capital gains depends on one your um tax. I mean your um filing status, as well as your income bracket. Okay. So let's just say if you're married, you can your capital gains maybe like twenty five percent. Right. Um, it may be about 25 percent. But if you're single, you're definitely at that 46 percent. Damn. Right? Again, so, got to go marry somebody. Go get married for that <laughs> strategy. Use, <laughs> marriage needs to be a part of your, nope. your real estate strategy, huh? Yes. <laughs> All right. Exactly. I, like, I, I don't like anything you just said about these. I don't like plans. it either. Let All me tell right. you, when Trump came in and the laws changed um, with the whole salt, I didn't like that either. A lot of people didn't like that. that. I felt like I was having a therapy session. Yeah. Do you know the therapy sessions I'm going to have to have? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the amount, I don't know. I'm just hoping that... um, You're hoping that it's not I hope that it's not passed. Well, let's hope on the moon and stars that this doesn't happen. Because the way you're telling telling me right now, I don't like this. It discourages people from making money almost at some point. Which sucks. Why? Because it's like, it's a discouragement. But we still have to do what we came (laughs) to do. What the hell? The, the, I, look, the government is going to always do what they came to do. We still have to protect ourselves. You still have to do what you came to do, which is build generational wealth by any means necessary. That, right? That is a fact. But um, I think we got our I first think it's time to open up the floor. Yeah. Just we, answer some questions. We, we got our first um, live Q&A question here at Rants and Gems. Hello. Miss Business, you're the first for a lot. I'm the first one a lot, You are the first one a lot. We appreciate you. I like that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about that after this Yeah, segment. let's talk about that after this segment. <laughs> yeah, I'm so. Like good juju. <laughs> you are good juju. All right, so we got a question in the audience. Talk to us, brother. Who are you? Where are you from? Peace, peace. My name is Arthur Andrews, originally from Connecticut. I live in Florida now. Uh, He's the guy who invented the rents, just so you know. All right? <laughs> Shout out to Florida my guy, now. Arthur. It's all love, brother. Uh, Question I had, uh, you know, we're talking about depreciation, how much we love it. And um, uh, question I had is if you could explain the differences between a capital asset and the expenses. Oh, in the sense oh, that certain things that you're going to buy, they're going to give you a capital asset that you can write that depreciation off where you have the expenses, which you're uh, writing off against the income and the differences between the two. Absolutely. So I'm glad you said that. And that usually comes up more so, well, definitely when it's time to file taxes. But if you're doing your bookkeeping, then that's something that you're having a conversation about consistently. So pretty much you have capital assets and then you have capital expenses. And so what that means when you have an investment property is that certain expenses that you put into a home is going to be considered a capital asset. It's going to be added to the value of your home. So whenever I say capital assets, that just means that it's being added to the value of your home. So a lot of people like to get really bad homes and fix them up. Right. So if you are doing something like a roof, that's going to add value to your home. So therefore, you're able to add that to the value of your property. So I like to give numbers because that helps it all make sense. So if you purchase a property for one hundred thousand dollars, you spent fifty thousand dollars on a roof. You can either you have two options. Right. I'm not saying both are right. but You have two options. One is to add it to the value of your property, have it be a capital asset, or it will be an expense, meaning that you write it off 100% in that year. What happens is, if because it's a roof and it adds value to your property, it's considered a capital asset, right? Something like contractor, let's say if you're paying a contractor, let's say come in and sweep the floors, like they come in to clean up the house, it's all done. That's an expense, right? You write that off, 
100% in the year that it incurred. It didn't add any value to your home. So that's pretty much how that works. And now how that ties into depreciation is because now that capital asset has added value to your home. So now when you depreciate it, now instead of your home being 100,000, it's 150,000, which, which you will write off and divide by that 27 and a half years. Okay? Can I ask a follow-up question? Go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> so let's say um, I uh, have my property, I put an ADU on it, right? So it's official legal ADU. Um, if I furnish it, I'm gonna do Air Airbnb. If I furnish it, are the furnishes Furnishings, are those expenses? Do I write those as expenses? Those are expenses. Okay. All right. I think, I think we, I'll get to that. <laughs> um, so let's say I put a Basquiat in there. Is it still an expense or is it now a Where did you asset? purchase that? Well, it is an asset. It is an asset, but where did you purchase it under? Is it under your business? Who owns it? I furnish my house with this Basquiat painting. I mean, a Basquiat painting, you know, how many millions is it worth? Is that an expense or is that a capital asset? And that depends, right? So because you decided to put a Basquiat on your wall, that doesn't necessarily make it an expense that you can write off. However, if you purchase that painting in your business name, that then makes it a business expense. Ooh. And then you can depreciate the full value of that painting in that year because it is considered an asset. Okay. I gotta buy some damn now, art. To that I gotta go buy some damn art. This business is about her business. That, yeah. that, that, was, that was a gem right there. I didn't even know you can do that with art. Yeah, you can buy art in your, in your business name. Anything that your business owns, you have to think about. Anything that your business owns. And that's why I'm happy that he asked that because a lot of people will come and say, all right, I have a business, but... I pay all my contractors on my personal account. I said, well, your contractors work for you. They don't work for your business. Mm. And so it's very, it has to, you have to be very specific and very clear mm. on where these transactions are coming out of. Because let's be clear, when the IRS audits you, they don't want to just see bank statements. They want to see the whole document trail. They want to see your bank statements, i.e. coming out of your business bank account. They want to see the receipt, right? They want to see everything. They don't want to just see one or the other. So that's very important. Man, I like that. So I have a, I have a good, uh, that's a good one. So basically, if you could recommend to people, okay, I have a business. Mm -hmm. How many bank accounts? I got, everybody got a personal account. We know that. Personal banking and savings. So if you're running a business, how many accounts should they have? Okay. So I know a lot of people have their own theories on how it needs to be laid out. I want to hear I, really feel that you need your operating account, you need a payroll account, and a savings account. I don't think, and it depends, everybody's different. I have one client, they're like, no, I need a tax account too, because I gotta put this money over here, because if not, I'm gonna spend it. And that's fair, right? So it just depends, and it depends on what type of taxes. Like my clients that pay sales tax, I always recommend for them to get another account and transfer it over, because sales tax is tricky. It's one of those things where you're collecting this money and you're like, well, yeah, this is my money. But then at the end of the month, you have to hand it over to the state. And so, you know, so that you don't get it mixed and commingled. So can we add to that? State. So sales tax would be if I was selling like clothing, if I was yes. selling hair or, you yeah, know, anything, anything for a home. Yeah. You start any type of business, that's a sales tax. And you're going to have to pay sales taxes every month. 
It's it not. Depends. It's it depends on the state. Okay. So like some states it's monthly, some states are quarterly. So like let's um give like North Carolina is monthly off wow. the bat. South Carolina monthly. Wow. New York, it is it's a couple of different stipulations. If you're not making any money, it's annually. If you're making some money and you owe them less than three thousand, they allow you to do it quarterly. Anything above that, uh, it's you have to do it monthly. Oh, right. Wow. So it depends. Wow. Yeah, see, you see how she knew almost every state? Yeah. yeah. All good. right. So we have another question coming up. We are excited about this. Let's go. Crowd participation. <laughs> In Realty Co. Oh, we love, it. We love it. We love it. <laughs> I do have two questions. Um, as my business has kind of grown over the past couple years, um, the tax preparer that I've been working with, I feel like they are a little bit um, antiquated in as in, in reference to how I run my business. So since my business is mainly on social media, I want to know what are the expenses that. I can legally write off mm. with a social media based business. So that like is a great I have question. I have videography, I have photography, and in order hair. to do that, I got makeup, I you got, got wardrobe. Hair, wardrobe, exactly. Nails, can all of that stuff legally be written off for my business where it's at today? Yes. Okay, so let's talk about photographers, videographers, yeah. All of those things. Yes. When it comes to your nails. And because it's social media, and let me say this, the IRS has not caught up to where we are. So what I'm going to say is, if you purchase something specifically for that shoot and you're never going to use it again, yes. Okay. Because it was specifically for business purposes. However, if you purchase, you know, let's say, let's use, let's use a wig, right? You got a wig. <laughs> but you're going <laughs> to... I can't identify with this one. You can't identify with no. this one. No, 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 no. Get a wig, right? But you get it for that for that shoot, but then you're gonna wear it after that, then you can't. Because technically you're going to use So it what are you supposed to do that. with the wig? You wear it. But if you discard it. If you discard it, let's say it was a crazy, crazy wig, right? Like it was something that you only could wear for a photo shoot, then yes, you can write it off. Right? So you have to think about it like that. So I your can't write off my Yeezys? You are wearing that specifically for here. I've never seen you wear those any other place. That is a fact. Okay, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> you see why representation is so important. <laughs> that is a fact. I like that. Um, so, yeah, you can write it off. And what I will say, you, you mentioned something when you first started, just saying that you have a tax preparer that's, that doesn't really understand your business. They don't need to be a tax preparer. Mm. Right. Because you have, again, like I mentioned earlier, you have to get people that understand your business and where you are. Because I have some clients who are like, I, my last preparer, like they wouldn't let me write off anything. Like I wanted to write off my travel. And I'm like, but did you go there for business? Yeah, but they said they didn't want me to get audited. Well, do you got the receipts? Did you do it in your business bank account? Yeah, well, then write it off. Yeah. Right. So it's just a matter of you have to make sure that you're doing what you need to do, because in those instances, you wouldn't be afraid of an audit because what are you what you're asking me for? I can provide you. Right. But you have to have things like bookkeeping. Like Kiana mentioned, you have to have your bookkeeping in order. You have to have a, you know, a good CPA, um, someone that you can have to make sure that they're doing what they need to do. You're doing what you need to do so that if those things arise, you're not like, oh, my God, this, you know, oh, my God, what's happening? 
So okay. You should and fire him. <laughs> that was going to kind of segue <laughs> to my next question of like, what are the questions or what do you look for when finding a tax preparer that is going to be um, in alignment with your business? Because this tax preparer, they're actually with a bigger company that I found on Instagram that I thought was going to kind of understand my business and then come to find out they have a bunch of people that they work with that are not up to speed. So what would be some of like the questions that you would ask the tax preparer or just the conversation that you may have mm -hmm. and then the answers that you're looking for to find out, okay, this isn't going to be a good fit. Okay, right. so I'm going to answer the question, then I'm going to kind of take you through my business process and what we do okay. with our clients. Right, because Ariana and I, and I were like, okay, is she accepting new clients because uh, <laughs> <laughs> she sounds like she already knows exactly what we need. So. Okay, so pretty much what you first need to understand is, um, one, do they do business taxes? Do they understand your industry? What is their approach to risk? Um, those things are important. So just how I mentioned just now, someone was like, yeah, they wouldn't let me write off travel or they wouldn't let me write off my photographer or my videographer. It's like, but I'm paying this person. They are a contractor, right? So you first need to make sure that they are, they understand your business. Mm -hmm. You have to understand what, how, you know, kind of how far are they going to, I don't want to say like how, not how far they'll let you go, but like what they'll do to educate you on what you need to do to make sure that you are in compliance, right? Because that's super important. You need to make sure that you have someone that's going to educate you. Those, those are important because some people don't know how to educate because they don't understand. So if they can't speak to you about it, that means that they don't understand it. And a lot of people will be like, oh my God. And so I'm going to kind of take you guys through my process. And once people go through the process, they're like, well, yeah, my tax prayer usually just say to me, yeah, come pick up my taxes, it's done. And, you know, just kind of go about our business. At my firm, Brooks Alliance, we pretty much... Say that again. Say it one more time. My tax firm, Brooks Alliance. <laughs> 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 so my tax firm, Brooks Alliance, like every client has their own portal. Pretty much, you know, that's where all the questions are answered. Documents are uploaded. Um... When you get to a stopping point and you've given us everything, we do a screen share with clients. I mentioned I work with clients in all 50 states. So I have a lot of clients throughout the U.S. and we do a screen share. We pull your taxes up. We walk through your taxes line by line, explaining to you, one, what's happening. Why are you paying taxes if you owe? If you're getting a refund, why are you getting a refund? Right? Because everyone thinks that a refund is good. Every time you're getting a refund, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's good. You just gave the IRS a loan for the whole year that you didn't necessarily need to give them, right? So we walk you through that. And if there's areas of opportunities that we see that you can change, we talk to you about that at that moment, right? And so things like that is very, very important because you need to understand that kind of circle back to what Kiana was saying in the beginning. You have to have, you have to understand what's happening. And I want my clients to understand. So I think, you know, a lot of accountants, and I can't really speak for why they do it, but I feel like they may operate in a scarcity mindset like yeah. oh i don't want them to know this or they're gonna go and do it by themselves no i want you to know i want your business to grow because guess what you're going to need me because you're not gonna have time to do this no you're not so that's, <laughs> where, you know, that's my mindset so when i'm you know working with clients i don't i'm giving you everything i want you to know right and another thing last but not least they have to do tax planning if they're not talking to you about tax planning or for it to be um, especially with, with you being a real estate, you're a real estate agent. Mm -hmm. 
with you being a real no, estate broker. No, I'm sorry. Broker. She's an associate, associate broker. broker. I'm sorry. All right. Let's not get my life. I'm sorry. Okay. Especially with you being an associate broker, that's extremely important because you're getting 1099s and 1099s are hit the hardest. Yes. Right? So that's important. Tax plan is important. So those that would be my advice. Great I love so, you, so you can legally finesse. So we'll have a conversation. <laughs> legally finesse. Legally prove what you're using all of these items for to write them off. I like how you be cleaning this all up. I, right? I just, I, you know, just Thank you, Kim. I but I, I, I really appreciate you coming on this panel and talking to us about it. I think that everybody wants to be a millionaire. Nobody wants to pay taxes. No and when you're moving into from W-2 to 1099 to flipping houses, you definitely want to understand how these tax laws are going to affect you. Absolutely. None of us want to, you know, shout out to Wesley Snipes, but we don't want that for us or any of our viewers. So let's get, us, let's, get, let's get one more question okay. and then we're going to wrap it up. Oh, yeah, we got another question. This business is going to be here. So everybody else, we can just talk to her after, you know, guys, if you were watching this on YouTube, you should have been here, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but this is the privilege, right? So we, this is the last question and we're going to wrap this. Cool. My question was kind of similar to his question about the art. I do collectibles, like I buy collectibles. Is there a way that I can use that in a tax, like to receive a tax break, maybe if I'm purchasing it? What kind of collectibles? Like yeah. trading cards, like, okay. and, you know, so huge nice. right now. Yeah, so huge. it's like, yeah, exactly. So I, I got Pokemon like a huge collection, 20, 30 years old, and up and down in value. Is there depreciation? Is there ways, like, and is there certain documents maybe I need to get when I purchase it? to be able to save on that as well. I'm, I'm just it, asking because I was mm -hmm. thinking about the art. So it depends on where you purchase it. If you've been purchasing it under your name and it's not a business, then no, you can't, right? But if you, if that's your business that you're going to, like that you've created, then yes, you can do it, right? But if you're just like holding on to them and you're like, okay, I'm gonna hold like them personally yeah. and you're gonna personally sell them, then no. You but what if you to. were just, thinking out loud. Mm -hmm. What if you were to take a bill of sale from his name, sell the cards to his business name, mm. and now operate the cards Ranch under and the gems, business baby. name? What's up, Ms. Business? Talk to us. We need to know. Right? What can we do? stuff I can't be talking about. But yes. Hypothetically speaking. Hypothetically, speaking. hypothetically speaking, if you then created a business and then there was a transaction when it got over to that business side, now that the value is on that business side and that's what you're doing um, as a business, then yes, you would be able to then mm -hmm. recognize that as an asset. Okay. Love it. It's the gym. It is. The gym. <laughs> that was a gym. Everybody on YouTube, put a gym in the comments. So look, I got one more last question for you. Yes. When did you fall in love with real estate? Oh, real estate, real estate. Okay. So I'm going to give you guys um, my whole path on even how I got here. So one, I've always loved real estate. Ever since I was in junior high school, I felt, I don't know, I always just, I used to drive. Do you know in Brooklyn, like in the back of Brooklyn where they're like those really, really big houses? Mm -hmm. I used to always make my parents drive me back there. Okay. Right? I love houses, always love luxury houses. When I was 18, graduated high school, I went to college. But while I was in college, I was like, I want to do real estate. So I went and took my real estate sales exam. Okay. Yes, Kim, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> I went and took my real estate sales exam, and I practiced real estate for about, about a year and a half, two years, but then the market crashed, and I was young, and I was like, 
and in my, everybody in my office was stressing out. It was just very toxic in there. It was a New York summer. <laughs> it was toxic and it hot. It was toxic and hot. It was a New York summer. I was like, I'm going back to school. So um, I stopped doing real estate sales. I went back to school, um, graduated my accounting degree. I went and worked one of the top accounting firms. I started there working in um, mutual funds, which is, for those of you that don't know, it's the investment vehicle for 401ks. I thought it was like so boring. I was like two and a half years in and I'm like, I have to get out of here and I have to transfer to real estate. Because I also was working on a private equity client and I was like, oh my God, this would be amazing if I could work on a real estate private equity client. And so I kept talking to all my supervisors and they finally switched me over to the real estate department. And I stayed there for about four and a half years. And so I did real, I worked on real estate private equity funds. I worked on REITs um, while I was there. And so, yeah. So that's, that's, like when you fell in, that's when you fell in love with yes. real estate. And I love real estate. I love, I love it. it. Well, we love you too. We love yes. you back. Now you know. <laughs> now you know you yeah. can't come on the Rants and Gym show without giving us a rant and a gem about your industry. We need it. Let's we need go. to know. So give us the rant and gem about the tax industry. 90 seconds. All rant right. and gem. All right. Let's rant. go. Please stop asking me to <laughs> help you save on taxes when your accounting is not in order. You need bookkeeping. Go, let them have okay? it. Let's go. Rant at them. All right. So that's it. You don't like to be too Now, wait a minute. So a bookkeeper is not an accountant? They're not the same? It depends. It depends. I'm right? asking so for y'all. <laughs> I know. Same, right? So some bookkeepers may not do taxes. Like at my firm, we have bookkeeping and we have taxes. But some people... Their bookkeeper doing their taxes and they don't know nothing about taxes. You have to make sure that whoever's doing it, that they know about both. Okay, so that's important. Okay, that so was that's, a rent in a gym. That was a rent in a gym. Yeah. All right, but I got to think of a gym. I don't know if that was. I don't know about this gym. Hmm. Let's talk about vacation. Me and Kiana, we like lifestyle. Okay, yeah, okay. Let's talk about this, it. this is fitting. Let's we can, we can tell about by fits. Let's talk right. about it. We, we, we see the lifestyle. Talk about so okay. talk about, <laughs> this ain't my type of conversation, but you know, I ain't a lifestyle guy. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Those are Yeezys. Yeah. We know. Matt eats and lives better than anybody I know. So I do eat good. I'm fat for a reason. That <laughs> like, oh, I'm not eating that. Where's no. the, where, where's the wagyu? Where's yeah. the steak? Yeah. Where's the five star dining? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right. So let's talk about. I want to talk about travel, and we'll talk about meals too. Okay. Because that's that's a that's good one alley. for twenty. Yes, yeah, so I gotta give you something. Yeah. All right. So travel. So how to turn your travel, your vacation into a business trip so that you can write it off? Oh. Okay. One thing, you only have to work four hours out the day, right? We all have laptops. We all have emails that we need to answer, right? So with doing that, let's just say hypothetically, um, you are going to, you came to Atlanta, right? I'm not, well, I won't use me because I'm kind of here to do really, I'm not really, but I'm here doing business. But let's just say you're coming to Atlanta. You're me, you're from New York. And you knew that there was an event, there was this event, and you had to sign up. You received some sort of email confirmation that you were going to be here. That is your reason for being here. Mm. You make sure that you keep, you hold on to that. Your flight is then deductible. Your hotel is, still, is also deductible. Your meals while you are here are deductible. Your car while you are here are deductible. It's all deductible, right? But you just have to make sure that you are working. If you do decide to stay throughout the weekend, you, your um, hotel is still deductible on the weekend because, you know, you were here throughout the week and you wrote off your, um, I mean, and then you had your business interactions. Okay. So like that's that. important. So four hours a day. That's all. So if I want to go to and Dubai uh -huh. 
and do work. content. You could do content. You could, you content. could take, take pictures. pictures. For, we, all, we all do content. We all got pictures. Okay. You take pictures now to now. Oh, you, you know, that's because I'm rolling with Kiana Watson. Oh, and she got the whole glam squad and the, the paparazzi. He takes pictures yeah. now. So now. I said, we're not I'm taking pictures. That. Yeah, so now if you go to Dubai and now you're doing content out there and, you know, you have a photographer out there, a videographer, mm-hmm. all of those things, that now makes it a business trip. Love it. Okay. Well, typically it's like a Monday through Friday type of thing where they say if you're there Monday through Friday, then, you know, you're there doing business. But let's say if it's Tuesday through Friday, it's not, you know, a big deal. But as long as you are there, you know, a certain amount of days doing work. And if let's just say you're doing work on the weekend, then that would also be considered a business trip. I love it. Okay? I love it. I love it. So then we'll talk about meals. Yeah, let's yeah, talk about meals. Because I'm going to eat after this. Yeah, I already know that. I told somebody, up. I said, I don't know what I'm doing later because Matt, you know, Matt likes to go eat. So we're going to have, so, like, <laughs> probably go to dinner or something. That's a fact. Matt love a good restaurant. More bottles, so, please. <laughs> <laughs> More bottles. Yeah. So for 2021 and 2022, meals are 100% deductible. Typically, uh, meals were 50% deductible. Now they're 100% deductible. Um, I have a lot of my clients who are my friends. Yes. So we go out and we eat. How to properly keep track of those things. One, you need to make sure it's happening on your business card, not your personal card, your business card. Mm-hmm. You then need to make sure that you're keeping your receipt. I take pictures of my receipts because at first I would throw the receipts in the bag. They crumble, they fade, I lose them. So I take pictures of them. And then I also write, you know, meeting with Matt. We discuss. My uh, rents and gems. Yes. Appearance. Appearance. Yes. You see? So I can write off that dinner last night. Absolutely. Oh, that's a fact. Let's go. (laughs) That was an expensive dinner, too. You wanted more bottles. <laughs> more bottles. Let's go. I love it. Right? So those things are just very important. If, um, you know, you guys get nothing out of this, make sure that you keep your document trail. That's important. Document trail is important when it relates to taxes. You need, you know, invoices. You need your receipts. If, you know, you're purchasing something, you need to make sure that these things are showing up in your business bank account. You need to make sure that, you know, you are not, if it, if it does show up in your personal account, because I have people, especially when you're first starting, right? And I'm very realistic. When you're first starting out, you may not even have a business bank account because you didn't really start your business yet. But you need to make sure that once you open up that business bank account, you are transferring money from your business, I mean, from your personal to your business account, okay, to make those transactions happen. Man, I lots of it. gems That's today. A gem. yes. Lots of gems. You gave us a couple of gems. Well, Thank look, you so much, Miss Business. Let's, let's, let's end this by telling the people if they, they want to hire you. Yes. Right? How can they find you? Yes. So you guys can find me on all well, Instagram, Facebook, um, Miss Business 101. So you can DM me. You can email me. I answer DMs. I... So what do you look at me for? <laughs> no, we both look at Matt. I answer DMs. Um, you can email me. My website is MissBusiness101.com. You can shoot me an email um, and we'll call, um, we'll respond to you if, you know, you want to call the office. Telephone number is 347-374-3956. I have an entire team. I am not a one-man show. I have Love a it. full team ready to help you. Miss Business with the Business. All right. He's my client. Listen, we okay. Miss Business with the Business. Miss Business came with the Business. With the business. Yeah. I mean, look, this was a, a phenomenal episode. Now, I said Miss Business always has the first, right? So real quick, she was the first guest on EYL. Yes. Right, ever. 
And now you're the first guest on the Rants and Gems show. Yeah. So how does I it feel am. to always be the first? How does it feel? It feels, a, it feels like a blessing. And how does it feel to know you're about to just... You're about, about to blow up. up. You are good juju. You are good juju. Don't leave me hanging. Don't leave me hanging. Don't leave me hanging. You are, you are good juju. Listen, from your mouth to God's ears. We will take it. I'm out of here, man. Look, this has been a great episode. Thank you for your time. I appreciate Thank you coming here, me. dropping gems. Um, look, guys, like, comment, share, subscribe, all that yeah. good stuff. Audio. Take notes. Take notes. Rewind this because she gave a lot of information and over an hour and some change here today. So thank you again. We appreciate, we appreciate you. appreciate you. My name is Matt Garland, and MLS number 58700. My name is Kian Watson. I got to do the whole thing, girl. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Let me get the whole MG the Mortgage guy. I know, but I need to say the MG the Mortgage guy. Let me get it again. This is Matt Garland. Start again. All right. This is Matt Garland, and MLS number 58700, better known as MG the Mortgage guy. And I am Keanu Watson, <laughs> license number B17576, better known as Keanu Watson. Let's go. Rants and gems. I don't even know my license number. Y'all making me want to know it now. Hey, you better, you better, you better find that you shit for the cars. Please hit you up. <laughs> All right, y'all. Uh, we out. That was episode four? Episode four. Episode four. We out. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.